morning, everybody. Come on, Bill. My lovely bride is going to remind me of a very important announcement after assembly, after we get all excited uh, at the end of the assembly, after that little tradition that we have. Sharon is going to bring her cell phone up so I can read a, a quick announcement, I think, as everybody needs to, to know. So, uh, with that, we'll wait till after uh, we turn the video off. So, I'm sorry if you're at home. If you want to reach out to me and ask, I will be willing to do that. Thank you. All right, here we go. I have a slug of words of encouragement this morning. Mr. Jacob, I like hearing you preach, Braxton. Let's give it up for Jake. Yeah, all right. Miss Brenda, I like having you help us in our Bible class from Max. There you go, first time. Awesome. Give it up for Brenda. Woohoo! Isn't that great? Brenda, you look like you're having as much fun as the kids were in Bible class. <laughs> All right. Mr. Jacob, your message was amazing. Ty, there you go. Woohoo! Hey, I want you to give it up for Justine because Justine is training her young men to be encouragers. Give it up for Justine. Don't be doing this. Just want to say thank you. Okay, here we go. Um, Ken W., so thankful for your servant's heart, your wellness, your willingness to help others. Your wellness as well. Uh, your willingness to help others. You have always put others first. Amen to that. And are willing to sacrifice like Christ. Your example is awesome. And I'm so glad to call you brother. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. In the unity of the body. Amen. Let's give it up for Ken. Woohoo! All right. I would agree. You know, every time I'm looking around, something's getting done, you're you're there. So it's, it's pretty awesome. I really appreciate that. Uh oh, here's another one. Jacob, I love your good and honest heart. I'm always so encouraged by you. Can I get an amen on that one? Woohoo! You know, Jake, that's Jake. Brian, your lessons have been amazing. So encouraged by your example and how you live for Christ daily. Keep up the great example in living for Christ Jesus. Let's give it up for Brian. Oh no, I got to save this one till later. All right. All right, Gabe, I hope you're watching. Gabe, your faith and bravery continues to illumine the light of Jesus all around you. Thank you for sharing your gift of music with us. And so uh, what a beautiful gift that is. I was just watching you online here just the other day. So here it is, Gabe, and I'm going to hang on to this one, and I'm going to see if I can get up and visit you this week. So let's give it up for Gabe. Oh, here we go. Mrs. Compton, I'm so thankful you helped with Lord's Supper. Un unnamed, but it looks like one of the brag boys. So there you go. Let's give it up for Mrs. C. All right. Alan and Liberty. Alan and Liberty Hunter. I'm sure glad someone put Hunter on there, otherwise I wouldn't have known it was you. <laughs> okay, Alan and Liberty Hunter. You are over the top amazing. Thank you for such a, the sweet words. Uh, well, I don't know who wrote this. Unfortunately, I do. Thank you so much for the sweet words of what I meant to say was... 
Thank you for the sweet words that you said to my lovely bride and I. You guys are awesome. Give it up for great encouragers. I hope you can decipher what I was trying to say. Wow. Hopefully I did better on Angie's. Angie, I believe from birth our Lord has gifted you with the servant's heart. When you see a need, you joyfully step right in and help whenever you are able. Thank you for using your time to use your gift. All right. Woohoo! Let's get out of for Angie. Oh, here's another one for Brian. That's not, uh oh, this is praise God. Someone else likes you, Brian. <laughs> Brian, your light is piercing the darkness where you live and where you work. I love ganging up on the devil and his minions in the, the lives of those who are you are working with. I think you know who this is from. The Lord is changing lives through your faithful obedience to him as his glorious character is manifest in your words and deeds. Let's give it up. This man's living it all the way. Wow, okay. So, you know, every once in a while, there's just rock stars that show up at Pleasant Hill Church. Uh, Alan and Liberty. I don't know which one. They didn't put Hunter on the end of it. Here we go. I think I can read this one, though. Uh, I really appreciate seeing your joyful smiles and seeing you in the Assembly of the Saints. May you grow and fulfill his plans for you. Amen. All right. Woohoo! That's a great job. That's awesome. Okay, I have some announcements this morning. I feel a little embarrassed. Last week, I said uh, that the college age Monday night dinner was going to happen, and it didn't. Uh, <clears throat> sickness hit the Compton homestead, but we're all well, right? Okay, as far as I know. So we're good to go. College age, Monday night, dinner starts at 5.45, and then uh, we'll have a great lesson uh, starting around 6.30. Wednesday evening, 7 o'clock, Kirkpatrick's. And, man, if you haven't been showing up, Wednesday, this Wednesday night we're starting Hebrews chapter 4. And I don't know about you, but I love, love Hebrews, and I really love chapter 4. It answers so many questions. And if you're not able to make it, I still think you're marvelous. But tune in online to understand what is Hebrews 4 really talking about this rest that he has for all of God's people. So, Thursday night, ladies study. Okay, ladies study. And uh, by the way, there's a ton of serving dishes out on the table. You know, that's not our normal decorative uh, way to do that. But every once in a while, probably one of your containers is out there because it's containers from those who put meals together for uh, the Steiners. And so if you want to grab grab those, that would be great. Uh, on April 17th, Lord willing, we will have the newest preacher preaching here at the Pleasant Hill Church. Lawson is going to be preaching one of my favorite, favorite passages of Scripture. Lawson, stand up. All right, Lawson is an amazing young man that always wears that suit and tie. I was kind of hoping you would. Look at that. You're a wrestling rock star, too. So anyway, he's going to be rocking the house on the 17th. Now, uh, I, I think I know who is, who's doing uh, uh, April's adult Bible class? Okay, I'm going to preempt about 10, 15 minutes, unless he goes like the preachers around here, and he takes your whole hour. But we're going to have him... Start start that off, okay? You okay with that? Okay with that? Okay, I figured you would be. That's why I did that. No th thumb cuffs or anything for me? Okay, so you may be seated. There you go. Our next preacher coming on. By the way, 
he, he's got some really great stories that I can totally relate to. So it'll be a great time. So anyway, 17th, be here for adult Bible class. And let's see, last but not least, G4 Summit. Guys of God with Guns and Grub going to the mountains to have a men's retreat August 4th through the 6th. August 4th through the 6th. So put that on your schedules. Ladies, this is the best time to get your husband out of your hair. Serious. It's great. Now, ladies are laughing. They know what I'm talking about. So anyway, there you go. So put that on your calendars, August 4th through the 6th. Any other announcements I might have missed? Do we have any uh, birthdays? I don't have my little uh, program up here. No birthdays? Anybody have a birthday coming up this week? No? All right, let's open in a word of prayer. Our holy God in heaven, we come before you this morning, and we ask as we turn our attention to your word as we've been going through an expository study in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. Just as the sons of Issachar were men who recognized the time and what was going on in their culture and knowing what to do, so Father, we pray that as we see a radical cultural reset happening before our very eyes, we'd recognize that we are not a cultural people, we're a kingdom people. And we can impact and pierce the darkness with our lives. And yet, as has already been shared this morning, our mindset needs to be right. Our focus needs to be on others and not on the pain that we're suffering. We need to be mentally strong. We need to be emotionally prepared. We need to be spiritually founded and growing. And I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you would help us to recognize once again from this passage of Scripture how critically and important it is for us to learn to be encouragers to comfort others who are going through difficult times. And Father, when it comes to our own struggles with affliction, help us to recognize that we must trust only in you and not in ourselves. And that we must recognize that you are the, the great and glorious dread champion of the church. And Father, your son Jesus Christ is victorious and he gives his victory to his church. And Father, I pray this morning that we would recognize once again that our focus needs to be on Jesus Christ and what he's able to do in us and through us so that we might win the more. Father, we ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. All right, turn with me to 2 Corinthians in chapter 1 this morning once again. And we are going to be focusing on verse 9 and verse 10, but predominantly verse 10. But we're going to read all of this, these 10 verses to, to get our minds set on the context. Notice what he says here. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are throughout Achaia. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's where it gets really good. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our afflictions. Why? So that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, 
so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. For if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. And our hope for you is firmly grounded, knowing that as you are sharers of our sufferings, so also you are sharers of our comfort. Now verse 8, 9, and 10. Listen carefully. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves, so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God. The God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a peril of death and will deliver us, he on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet deliver us. You also joining in helping us through your prayers so that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. Well, brethren, we need to recognize and understand and embrace the truth of the Old Testament that Jesus Christ is our dread champion. You know, we think about Goliath coming out and terrorizing the people of God. You know, when Jesus shows up, when he comes again, and every eye sees him, sadly, the vast majority are going to be running for the rocks to cover them. But what shall we do? It says that we shall raise and lift up our heads, looking for the glory that is to come. I want more people. He wants more people. Not to be running to hide under rocks, but for people who will lift up their heads in victory. Now, brethren, it's not going to happen unless the body of Christ, his church, actually does that. That's you and me. But see, he has to be our dread champion, but more even than that from this passage of Scripture, he needs to be our great and glorious, not champion, our great and glorious deliverer. Three times in this passage of Scripture, he speaks of being the great deliverer of the church in times of great affliction. And so this passage of scripture is timely. It's why I selected this as the cornerstone anchor verse for the New Testament regarding our being trustful only in God in times of great difficulty. I think that the last two years have only been just a beginning. Now, I might be wrong, but time will tell. It's better to be prepared, proactive, than to be reactive and on our heels. And so that's why these lessons are being prepared. So let's take a look at, at uh, what this is actually saying. By the way, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Okay, only one amen. Let me try that one again. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Okay, that's exactly right. That means that he has delivered us through the great sacrifice of himself. He is now delivering us when we have challenges and difficulties if we walk by faith and not by sight. And it's a guarantee if you remain faithful that he will deliver you on that last day. And you will hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. I don't know about you, I want that so much. 
Because there's only one other, there's only one other statement he's going to make. Depart from me, cursed one, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Um, brethren, I, I want that first statement. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. How about you? Are you into the marathon? That's what this is. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Slow and steady, always growing. Now, brethren, who do you put your confidence and trust in when things go a little crazy in your life? Just watch yourself when the pressure's on. Watch yourself and ask yourself, hey, am I trying to work this thing out on my own or am I hitting my knees and asking God's help? Am I searching the scriptures? Which is the first response? That's where the inner man is at. You need to work on the inner man. I need to work on the inner man. We need to be prepared so we can be proactive, not reactive. So look at point number one. Jesus Christ has delivered us, the apostle Paul says. He says, Jesus Christ delivered us from such a peril of death. And uh, I want you to take a look in very close earnestness on your own time, but look at uh, the first bullet point of number one. Paul's great peril of death at the time in the context was what was going on in Asia. What was going on in, in uh, Ephesus? Do you remember? We looked at it last week. In Acts chapter 19, there was an outrageous riot going on in town because he was destroying the religion of the day, the worship of Athena. We need to recognize and understand that crowd was filled with rage. That crowd was confused. And as some of our officers in the audience who have been in peaceful protest will tell you, there are people there that are enraged and there's a frenzy, there's a mob mindset, and people are really out of control. That's what was going on. And Paul wanted to walk right in to the arena and people kept him out. That's what Acts 19 is talking about. But I want you to turn to 2 Timothy. Look at 2 Timothy, would you? In chapter 3, turn there with me. Uh, this is a great passage for all of us because the Apostle Paul lays out a bigger picture of the kind of afflictions that he went through. And so in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 and 11, he's speaking with uh, Timothy. He says, now, now you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions, and sufferings, such as happened to be at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, what, persons, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all, the Lord rescued me. Same exact word, the word rescue, and the three times he uses the word delivered in 1 Corinthians in chapter 1 and verse 10. Same word. He rescued us from all of that. Do you believe that the difficult times in your life that are to come will give you the strength to learn how to rely upon God and seek his comfort so that you can comfort others who will be going through similar trials in the future? Look, it's not about us. Did you listen to the preacher when he is up here doing Lord's Supper? What was Jesus doing? Woe is me, this really hurts. Is that what he's doing? Or is he concerned about the women? If they were around in 70 AD and the slaughter that would go on in Jerusalem? Or was he concerned about that soul who had been lost up to a very few moments before he breathed his last and he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. 
That pain he suffered was real. And yet he was focused on the pain of others. That's the example. Are you a Christian? Do you bear the name Jesus Christ? Then walk like him. Walk like him. Walk like him. If tough times come, learn to rely on God so you can help others to rely on God. Because after it's all said and done, there is no hope in anyone else except for Jesus Christ. Amen. Brethren, it's so important. We look at Paul, but now let's take a look for ourselves. Look at the next bullet point there under point number one. He rescued us from so great a peril of death. You know, you go back to the book of Hebrews in chapter two and it says people were, were held captive by the devil to do his will because of fear of death. Because of fear of death. But the fear of death is gone for those who are in Christ. Amen. You see, the fear of death is gone. If you truly believe that you'll be raised up on the last day, the fear of death is gone. You say, but it might hurt. Yes, Jesus knows that. So it's important for us to recognize Colossians 1, verse 13 and 14. Would you turn there? What a beautiful passage. I love this passage of scripture in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. In fact, uh, I, I probably will sneak a couple additional passages in there, if you don't mind, about Jesus, our King. Look at what it says there. For he, God, rescued us, same word, rescued, delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. Did you catch that? It's already a done deal. God delivered us, past tense, out of the domain of darkness and into his kingdom eternal. And then it goes on and it says... In whom, in Christ, we have been redeemed, or we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, I love this next part. Are you ready? This is who the, the dread champion of God is, Jesus Christ. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Christ, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Christ and for Christ. He is before all things, and in Christ all things hold together. I'm going to rely upon him, not my pea brain cell. Don't be suckered into following your own thoughts when Jesus has the way out. Amen? And it's to grow an understanding that difficult times can make us stronger, able to help other people who are struggling. Now, brethren, I, I, I have 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 through 24 memorized, but there's one little verse in there that's super important. Verse 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might die to sin, that sin might be removed from us, and that we might be filled with the Spirit so that we can walk righteously after his Son, Jesus Christ. How important that is. I want you to read that one. That's a beautiful passage. By the way, it's in the context of suffering. It's in the context of suffering. That you are to bear up under suffering as Jesus Christ bore up under suffering because he entrusted himself to him the Father who judges righteously, he entrusted himself. Do you entrust yourself to God? 
When times of difficulty and suffering come, that's what Jesus did. Are we following in the footsteps of Jesus? That's what we're supposed to do. Don't run for the exit. Lift up your head. Grow from the challenges so that you can help other people. Brother, look at point number two. Jesus Christ is delivering us right now. He's delivering us right now. Notice Paul's ever-present rescuer. Look at 2 Thessalonians. Paul so glories in Jesus Christ and his power and blessing. Take a look. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Once again, we see the word trust here, or excuse me, rescue here. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be glorified just as it did also with you. And that we will be rescued, same word, from, the, from, from perverse and evil men. Just as he was in Ephesus, so he's asking that prayers would go forth so that he knows it's coming in the future. Stop here for just a second. Paul knows it's coming in the future. I don't know about those people who are sticking their head in the sand. Well, it's going to get better. 2022 is going to get better. The devil doesn't take a year off. Have you noticed he doesn't take a day off? Look, we need to be warriors like our dread champion. I love it. Tony always reminds me. She goes, I love it when you said, is your church a cruise liner or a battleship? Well, Jesus' church is not a cruise liner. It's a battleship. We're called the army of God. And you know, we don't fight with guns and bullets. We fight with love and gentleness and kindness and compassion and helping people and investing ourselves so the devil doesn't have anything to hold on to because people want to be loved. They want to have someone come alongside and value them. The devil hates that. So he's going to bring the hurt on you, but you're going to rise up like Jesus. We're going to rise up like Jesus, and we're going to reach out to people who are suffering and help them, just as Jesus did. Romans chapter 15. Well, I didn't get done with this one. I got so excited. Verse 3. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you. Did you hear that? The Lord is faithful to us. He will strengthen us and protect us from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord concerning you that you are doing and will continue to do what we commanded. You know why we do those little words of encouragement? You know why we do that? That's not just a silly little activity. I don't know about you, but I need to be encouraged every day. In fact, the Bible says, encourage one another day after day. That means daily. So maybe we should send purple notes every day. Why purple, I'm not sure, but, but notes nonetheless. Powerful. Now, let's look at what G, how Jesus rescues us in this day. 2020, March, 2 Peter chapter 2. Turn there with me if you would. 2 Peter chapter 2. Well, Jesus just doesn't understand what I'm going through. He just can't understand it. It's so hard. It's so hard. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 7 through 10. By the way, look at verse 4. For if God did not spare angels. And then take a look at verse 6. And if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah 
And then verse seven, and if he rescued, there's that word, if he rescued righteous lot oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men, stop for a second. I am grossed out by our culture. I'm grossed out. Grossed out. I'm not going to go in what I'm grossed out about because you just look at the news and you know what I'm grossed out about. Men are men. And women are women. God designed men to be men and God designed women to be women. And God designed there to be a union between man and woman. One flesh. And what God has joined together, let no man separate. It breaks my heart. There's some sweet people out there who've been drawn into that and they have been hurt, damaged, crying out for help. Shame on you, church, if you judge them. When Jesus walked this earth, he didn't judge. There's going to come a day when he will. My Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son so that those who believe him in would not perish. And then you read verse 17. We don't have verse 17 memorized, do we? Read verse 17. I think it's even more important than John 3, 16 because it teaches us how we are to be as God's people, like Jesus, covering the person caught in adultery, covering the person who made consistent wrong cho choices, covering the, the, the man that was so rich from stealing from people as a tax gatherer, covering so that they might become Christians. They might be followers of him. That's what we need to do, church. Those people are suffering emotionally. Those people are hurt by the devil. That's where the glory of God and his magnificent character comes in. You see, he will strengthen us and he'll protect us to get the job done. And you know what? If you're not sure about that, pray about it. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 13. Rescue us from evil, Lord, and he will. Do you pray that way? I pray that way. In fact, I love both of these passages. It's amazing. Well, let's look at point number three and let's finish it up. Christ Jesus will deliver us a judgment if you remain faithful. Now there's an if there. It's an if. If you, remain, if you remain faithful. If you've been going through Hebrews with me, when I was in a different kind of church that believed once saved, always saved, that you do whatever you want and you're in, and I started reading my Bible, particularly the book of Hebrews, and I found out very early on in chapter 2, well, I guess I can lose my salvation. That doesn't work real. And then chapter 3, twice. You can lose your salvation if you don't remain faithful. And then chapter 6, wham, that was the knockout blow for this guy. I'm done. Well, with that belief system. <laughs> Lord, help me understand the elementary teachings. I want to know what repentance is. I, know, I, want to know what, I want to know what faith is. I want to know what all the baptisms are. I want to know what the gospel is. I'm done with all this. No I want to know what the word of God says. And I praise God that I'm here today in his good graces. But let's take a look here. He will deliver us on that last day if we remain faithful. Paul says his confidence is in the Lord. Go, go back really quickly. 
I'm kind of all over the place, but I'm teaching the same concepts here of, uh, from Paul, for the most part. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's read verse 10 once again. Turn there real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Here's where we're at. Notice it says, in the context of trusting God, the God who delivered us from so great a peril of death, past tense, and will deliver us, present tense, on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet deliver us. Paul knows that's true. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. Oh man, I'm telling you what, when I was ordained into, into uh, the work of evangelist, when they laid hands on me, they quoted uh, chapter 4. And uh, so I love this passage. But take a look here at verse 16 and, uh, verse 16 and 17, the very end. I should find it there. And I'm bragging that I was quoted over me and I can't even find the verse. Here we go. Verse 16 through 18. At my first offense, no one supported me, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. There it is again. So that through me, the proclamation might be fully accomplished and that all the Gentiles might hear. Here we go. And I was rescued out of the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever, amen. And again, look at the same chapter at verse six through eight. Here's where he actually says that. Did you know he's on death row? In this book, he's on death row. It seems like he knows the, the day and the hour. Maybe they already asked him, hey, what do you want for your last dinner? So we can let the chefs know. No, they didn't do that. Here's what it says, verse 6 through 8. For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. There it is. He stayed the course. He hasn't given up. Stayed the course, brethren. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Are you ready? And not only to me, but but also to all who have loved his appearing. Remember how I started this? I want more people not to be running for the rocks to cover themselves. I want more people to be looking up. Their salvation has come. The Lord Jesus coming back in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of God. For these will pay. But then... He is, we look up and see, for we are going to receive the great glory that he has come to give his church. I don't know about you, but I want to be that guy. You want to be that guy? You want to be that gal? I want to be that guy. I hope all of us make it. But we must individually choose to embrace the truth. Is it tough times now? Yes. Is it going to get worse? If I'm reading my Bible right, yes. And the church wins the church is taken into glory when you read your revelation at the very end the armies of the earth under the auspice of satan's control come up on the broad plain of the earth and they recircle the camp of the saints they're not going to put us in one little group and circle us it's basically shutting the gospel down so we can't move forward when that last soul is immersed into christ boom jesus is coming back 
and all those who have rejected him are toast. But we shall be glorified. I don't know about you, but I want that. As a victorious army, I want to march into heaven with you. As a victorious army, I want to march into heaven with you with all that amazing, glorious, shining, beautiful apparel of righteousness as we march in to receive the great reward that each one deserves for the service rendered here. Do you want that? I want that. Did Jesus promise it? He promised it. It's ours. There's got to be a cross before the crown. That's why he says, you want to come after me? You need to deny yourself. Get that selfish bone out. You need to take up your cross, make the sacrifice of self, and follow me. I'm willing to do that. So many of us are willing to do that. I praise God for that. Everyone that, that I've seen working, working, working in this body and using your gift, talents, and abilities, it's like stone soup. Everybody puts in what they have and it's amazing what ends up happening. That's exactly what this is about. So we can all help each other get to heaven. Let's close with this. Jesus will rescue us from the wrath to come. Look at 1 Thessalonians 1.10. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and, and verse 10. And I would like you, really encourage you to read and listen to the Spirit of Christ in regards to the greater context. Notice I have it in your notes. The greater context is verse 2 through 10. But look at verse 10. He says, And to wake, having rejected, turned, from, turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait, that's us, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he, God, raised from the dead, that is Jesus, who rescues, same word, delivers us from the wrath to come. First Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24 in closing. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you, brother, you, sister, entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus. Faithful is he who calls you and he will also bring it to pass. Everything that you need and I need for life and godliness is found in the true knowledge of him. Everything that you need for life right now and godliness to serve the king of kings is given to us through the true knowledge of him. How do you get the true knowledge of Jesus so that you can be that comforter as he was as he went to that cross in those last few hours of his life? What a beautiful picture of a comforter. Is that who you are? Christ one? Christian means Christ one, anointed one with the Holy Spirit of God. Are you that person? The Bible says you are. Do you really believe it? There's power in knowing who God has made you. He is able to work in you and through you to change where you work, to change where you live, 
and to change those who you come in contact with. Will you be the tip of the spear for the Lord Jesus and bring the light of his glory to others? Even in time of great pain, you'll reach out to them to comfort them with the comfort of God as Paul did, as he's calling us to do through the Spirit. That's my prayer. Brethren, we can do this because Jesus in flesh and blood did it. So we too can do it. This is our generation. He's given it to us. These are our people. He's given them to us. Let's make it work by following the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let's pray. Father, how thankful I am that you delivered us from so great a peril of death. We need not fear physical death anymore for the second death has been taken away for we've been born again of the water and the spirit. How thankful, dear Lord God, I am that we no longer have to fear death. And I'm thankful that you provide each and every day for us the things that are overwhelming if we would just reach out to you and trust you and not ourselves. And Father, what a great and a wonderful thought it is, seeing the army of God marching into heaven victorious, not fearing the wrath, but rather the honor to come. How we thank you and praise you for these good things, Lord. We praise you in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. All right, let's stand. What did Jesus Christ say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that... Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. All right. Hold that thought. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com Have a blessed week.